Welcome to WRPX, your wrestling revolution podcast. I'm your host, Antonio Garza. And today, my friends, it is a beautiful, sunny, quite warm day as I am recording. And this was a show that I I had a plan on what we were going to cover. Um, like a plan that I made actually like since last week, just looking at the calendar. And as I just started watching shows throughout the weekend, I just had to tear the calendar up and completely rewrite because there were two shows that I watched in the last two days that I just wasn't expecting they were going to be so freaking good. (laughs) And so I had originally planned to talk about a little bit of pro wrestling Noah. Um, I plan to talk a little bit of stardom, but uh, I did not. I, I, I watched some. I watched the shows, but the things that I actually want to talk about are the Harakimura show, DDT, and Choco Pro, and those last two shows. Those are the ones that kind of like change my my plans for this week but the first show that i did mention was the hanakimura memorial produce show matane uh this is a show that i i had originally also kind of planned that maybe this could have like its own episode just because it's uh it was a really really special show but realistically i don't see why this just shouldn't be the main uh, event of this week's episode of WRPX. This is the show, um, the tribute show, you know, of Hannah Kimura a year after her passing. And so I, I don't know. I, I came into the show just like with, a, with so many feelings. Um, I, I, I wasn't fully I didn't know what to expect like I think that's the best way to say it like as fans I think we've seen way too many tribute and memorial shows um, than we should uh, just you know last year we had the Brody Lee show uh, and this year we have this one uh, we've I mean I don't know, like countless, you know, Eddie Guerrero, Brian Pillman, um, Owen Hart, just, just a bunch of shows that they're always, it's always kind of weird to, to, to go into those shows because you, you as a fan are probably going through your own roller coaster of emotions. And so a show, you never know what the show is going to give you. You kind of go in just, I don't know with open with an open heart and just 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 want to enjoy i guess and sometimes you watch those shows and they're sad uh like i remember watching the, the eddie guerrero tribute shows and 
I was like so sad just watching those because the interviews, like the interviews were sad. The, the 10 bell salute was sad. And, and like, for instance, we watched the Brody Lee, uh, episode of AEW and that kind of felt like somewhere in between you had, it was sad, but it was also a lot of tears of happiness and, and good heartfelt, um, participation and everything, you know? And then like we have this one and as I walk away from this show, I think I just felt, you know, in a way happy that this show took place and how it came off and and what we got from it. Um, like, I'm not going to lie. Like at the end, I, I was definitely shedding tears. And I shed tears on a couple of times, but they were not all tears of sadness and and of like just you know because of death, but just tears of of like I'm happy to see you, like the person on the screen, that you're you seem to be doing, you seem to be going forward, and I think that's the best way to put it. Um, this was this took place at. Kuroakan Hall, the 23rd of May. This was a freelance show um, organized by Kyoko Kimura and I believe a couple of, uh, I guess, friends. And it had a small crowd. I, I, I mean, it's unfortunate that we're still in this situation with COVID. I, I think this show would have been one of the hottest tickets or not a hot ticket. Like, I don't want to say it like that, but just like, I think a lot of people would have really made an effort to, to try and be in this show, both as wrestlers or as fans, but they still had like a pretty decent, um, amount of people. And I mean, you would imagine that people doesn't, people don't matter right now when it comes to this type of show, but it, it gives a different, um, feeling, you know, for a lot of the, the, the things that happened during the show but uh this was a four match show and the last match i actually think was uh not a shoot but like maybe like an audible type of thing um i don't know how planned it was but given that th this may have been originally planned just as a three match show one match in particular i it was it seemed to i don't i don't think anything was either cut or extended i think this match was just like straight up planned to take place over about 30 minutes if not slightly more um because i i think Dragon hold right now is they they still have to deal with a a certain amount of time that you are allowed to have a show and so this show if you not if you take out the the that impromptu main event and some of the ceremonial stuff like r just wrestling itself i think it was around an hour exactly give or, or give or take like five minutes maybe and then you have like the extra ceremonial stuff and so I think this was kind of planned to be like an hour and a half or maybe a two hour show show altogether. Uh, I don't think they wanted to keep uh, people inside the place for more than that. Um, 
and so it was like a really honestly i would say perfectly paced show because nothing felt rushed nothing felt cut and i think everything was giving time to simmer to escalate to climax and to bring it down and then that's how the show the whole the whole show went bell to bell um the opening match was a six person match this was asa eight hub or hubba i don't know how people like to call him shisao defeating fuma mill mongoose and shota so um i guess before the match let me just quickly round down things that happened uh, prior to the match, we got the, introdu the introduction of the commentary teams for the English team. I saw Fuka from Stardom, Kensuzuki from Ishinoku Pro, Takashi Saki from Freedom. I think Mara Marada from New Japan and Stardom, like those things, uh, was there. For the English commentary, I, uh, we had Rick Bunny and CB, uh, the new name for Cheeseburger. I believe Fumi Saito was supposed to be with the English commentary and there was just technical problems and so he couldn't. And so uh, the English commentary really struggled with a lot of things. Just trying to like one translate for sure because neither Cheeseburger or Rick Abani, uh speak Japanese. And so they had a lot of trouble translating. Uh, in addition, there was just a lot of like just personal things about Hana that Rickabani and Cheeseburger were just not gonna know, uh, because I mean, they may have known her personally, but maybe not in a level where you know, like that DJ Yamamura is was a uh, uh, Hana Kimura's favorite DJ, and so they had Sumi Sakai there, like on the I don't know if it was like on the phone or what, sending messages, and she was trying to keep them updated, but it's still there was a struggle. Uh, in addition, there were some technical problems. The feed for the... So what was happening is that the feed for the Fight TV uh, broadcast was getting the audio feed from the actual show, like the whole thing, uh, including videos, microphones. Uh, yeah, videos and microphones. I think that's all there is. Uh, but they were like really, really low. So we couldn't hear the promos uh yeah we couldn't hear the promos we could barely hear the videos and then they were also getting the microphone feed of the commentary and so every time there was audio on like on the screen or the microphones we were getting an echo which was really distracting uh and then the rest of the stuff was just super low so like I was trying to translate as much as I could from some of the promos or the videos, but realistically it was just impossible. Some of the stuff you just had to read the person's uh, body language and just kind of like read between the lines. Um, but yeah, that was the, the that was the thing with the commentary. Uh, as I said for the introductions, we just had uh, we saw like Hannah's gear was all over. The venue they had some mannequins with the gear uh i believe there was one specific uh orange and i think white gear that was not there and that was because it went to the grave with hanakimura 
we had DJ Yamamura playing music. As I mentioned, uh, that was Hana's favorite DJ, and so he was playing music uh, during, like, kind of like the the pre-show, just like as people are getting in the venue and as you know, they're introducing the commentary on that stuff. We saw Jungle Kiona come out and she talked about Tokyo Cyber Squad. She talked about a little bit of um, Hana and she looked fantastic. She's still in rehab, so hopefully she can come back soon. Uh, and I think that was pretty much it. We had an open ceremony. Um, I guess, yeah, it was an open ceremony. We had a, a, a performance from Elk Park, uh, which was uh, a group where where Haneki Mura was kind of like learning to dance uh, music by Awaniko, which was a, a band, an idol group that Hana part, uh, was part also part of. And after that, we had like, we had like Hana Kimura videos throughout the show, like pretty much in between every match here and there. Uh, they were all pretty good, you know, like photos and videos of Hana. Like, uh, like the first one was just like a, an extended showing of one of her entrances, stuff like that. Um, a lot of personal stuff. But yeah, like now we can go into the matches. Like I said, Fuma, Mil, Mongoose, Shota lost to Asa 8, Hub, and Chisao. So most of these guys, all of these guys are just like your typical indie wrestlers in Japan. They, so like, like a quick rundown, Mil, Mongoose mostly works for RDPW, uh, Fuma is from Basara, Shota's from DDT, um, Chisao is like a veteran, like 20 year veteran. Uh, he's better, he's best known as Gaina. Um, and I think he's worked like all over the place. I think he's done like even New Japan stuff and no one DDT, but he mostly works on Michinoku Pro nowadays, maybe Kolega. Um, Hub, who was Hana's favorite wrestler, as commentary told us. Uh, he is also like a, a 20 year veteran. He has, he has like a really long, uh, like, I guess, uh, I guess like a ponytail type of thing. I, imagine um, Bianca Belair from WWE, but I guess, I don't know if it's even real hair, what Huff has, but I mean, this guy has been using that gimmick for I don't know, probably like 15 years. Uh, I don't know if Bianca Belair has ever studied Hub. Maybe she should. Uh, but yeah, like also he's done like, uh, I think he's done like Dragon Gate stuff and, and Osaka Pro. And and finally we have uh, Asa 8, who I don't really know much about. Um, I think he's still pretty young. I don't think he has a whole promotion. I know he's done like, O OWE and All Japan, but he's not like, I wouldn't say like he's a regular or anything. Uh, but yeah, and the match itself was just 15 minutes of well-paced, like Lucha Libre stuff, um, just back and forward action. They like showed that the comedy, uh, Chisao, that was like a huge guy. Uh, he did like the powerhouse stuff. Uh, you had, Fuma and Milmangus and eight and Asa and Hub just doing mostly just back and forward lucha style that type of wrestling like high high how do you call it like high uh, octane uh, action and at the end of the match it was 
uh, hub, I think, that got the win with a jackhammer, a lariat, and he ended with his move Armageddon um, over Mongoose, I think it was. So it was a good opener, a little bit of everything, uh, just a lot of action. I it it was it's nice to see this type of guys in this type of shows because I mean you don't really see these guys ever feature anywhere, and th they for the most part had significance to Hana. Like that's the thing about this whole show. Like this is a compilation of wrestlers that had significance for Hana. Uh, I believe that most of these wrestlers and the crew, the staff, everyone uh, worked pro bono. Like I don't think they ever. Like I don't think anyone got like a check. I even I I heard the story that a promotion had booked Korokan Hall uh, for this date, and once they heard that. Uh, the show was taking place and that uh, Kyoko Kimura was looking for a spot they straight up gave their date to Kyoko Kimura I don't know what promotion was this um, there were several promotions running that day so it really could have been anyone uh, but yeah it's like this is a show that a lot of people in Japan came together to make it happen and I think that's also part of like why when you watch this show it just it just feels positive you know because it's the effort of a lot of people who did this out of love and out of respect and out of just trying to to help and support and to be there for for Kanakimura's family and friends you know and th and i think that's something that it translated beyond the screen and it just felt beautiful you know uh, the next match, and this was really what took most of the show, and I think it was like just perfectly booked. This was a, I think it was called the Irregular Battle Royal, and this was a 30 minute battle royal. Uh, with so what they did is like, uh, it's usual like battle royal rules from Japan over the top row, pins, or submissions. Uh, but in addition, like what they did is that they brought in a lot of people in together. And then as the match went on, people started to just come out by surprise. And it really allowed one to not overcrowd the ring with a lot of people. Uh, two, to allow the surprises to really shine. And those surprises really were bigger names for sure. Uh, it allowed for everyone to get something in S like just something like it doesn't it didn't have to be like something huge or anything but everyone got something and so just a quick rundown of all the people that were out at any given point of this turn uh this match was uh jinsei shinsaki super delfin junkasai Masato Tanaka, Shima, Sutomo Osuki, Gawaiji Shan, Haganeshino, Lingerie Muto. So it's that's uh, like a comedy, great Muto gimmick, but wearing uh, lingerie. Lingerie, sorry. Uh, Banana Senga, Juko Miyamoto, 
Dash Shisako, Hanako Nakamori, Juki Miyazaki, Cherry, Onryo, Iger, Moeka Haruhi, Mensoreo Yagi, uh, not to be conf uh, not to be uh, this is not Black Mensa Ray from Ultra Brand. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, Yusuke Kodama, Shotaro Ashino, Andras Miyagi, Shihiro Hashimoto, Mika Iwata, Fuminori Abe, Miyuki Takase, Ramkaisho, and Sakura Hirota cosplaying as Hana-chan. And so you can you can already like notice we have some like an interesting combination of of characters you know you have gavai jishan and lingerie muto and hanachan or, or sakura hirota and then you have super serious guys like shotaro ashino and uh yosuke kodama like Onryo and Iger are deathmatch guys from Triple Six. Uh, and then you have legends like Super Delfin and Jinsei Shinsaki and Masatanaka and Shima. Uh, you have uh, also like Junkasai, deathmatch guy. You have guys that you, they, they've been there forever, but you kind of like, for instance, Haganeshino, you know, right now you mostly just see him in Chocopro or like some indies. Uh, but he's been a wrestler for a long time and he was there. Um, like Andras Miyagi, who I hadn't seen her since she left um, Stardom. Really didn't make a noise when she left Stardom. And then she came out here and I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I totally forgot about Andras Miyagi. And she's in, with Triple Six. You had some like Dashi Sako, who's like pretty like. I guess I guess we can call her legendary Joshi. Like she's she's one that was like right there uh, in the last you know twenty years. Like her name was all over the place, and so it was just a great great match. Um, like like I said, everyone got something. Whether it was eliminating someone or assisting someone to eliminate eliminate someone else, or just. Um, I don't know, like they had like a really big spot before being eliminated. M many, many things. And at the end, it came down to Masato Tanaka and Shima and Ramkaisho. And what happened is that Tanaka and Shima were just like so focused on each other that they didn't notice that Ramkaisho was there. And so she drop kicked them off the apron for the double elimination and the win. And that was fun. Like, I I'm a big fan of Ramkaisho. Uh, I I really like her look, <laughs> uh, and so I was just happy for her to win. Uh, I mean, none of these wins matter anything, but I think if we if we want to see past the show, like it's eyes on you, you know. So let's not pretend like that doesn't matter. And I think that's that's good for them. Uh, next up, we had. What I guess was supposed to be the main event of the night. Uh, this was Asuka, the the Japanese Asuka, the original Asuka, uh, better known to U.S. fans as Benny, Mio Momono and Natsupoi and Siuri from Donato Mondo, defeating the team of 
Oedotai, Hasuki, and Kagetsu making their return to wrestling. And a, a team of Tokyo Sober, Cyber Squad of Def Yamasan and Konami, which, weirdly enough, Konami and Def Yamasan, uh, Def Yamasan are now part of Oedotai. So, technically, this was kind of like a, a previous generation and current generation of Oedotai versus Asuka, Miyomono, and Tsuri and that support from Dona del Mundo. The match went close to 20 minutes, uh, just slightly under. It was a really good match. Um, a lot of action. I, I kind of felt that it was really, really heavy on Konami and Husky, Hasuki uh, versus like Momono and Natsupoi. I, I just felt like it was really heavy on them. Uh, Suri and Devyamatsan <laughs> uh, would come in and out. Uh, we had like a really good uh, Suri and Kagetsu pair up. Um, we got some great like high speed stuff with Hasuki and Konami and Devyama versus Natsupoi and Momono. Uh, Asuka and Kagetsu did stuff. Asuka and Konami did stuff. Like everyone did stuff with everyone. It was just great. Um, I, I, I did kind of feel like Kagetsu and Asuka had already planned to maybe do the next match, uh, because after the match ended, Asuka challenged Kagetsu to a one-on-one, -on -one, just right there on the spot. They asked uh, Kyoko Kimura if it was okay, and she said, "Like we're coming close to the limit of our time." but go ahead like she she went she she was okay with it and so we had like an extra 10 minutes of asuka and kagetsu and at that point it was just mostly just a couple of big spots before heading into near falls uh until asuka got the win and and so like it was just like the perfect epilogue to the previous match and in that sense it kind of felt like the whole thing was uh, just one big match. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was great. Uh, but yeah, because of that, like I did kind of feel like that maybe uh, it was all it was planned a lot, a long time before this match took place because Asuka and Kagetsu did kind of take it easier in the previous match. Like I said, like it was I felt it was really heavy on. Uh, Momono and Natsuboy and on the other team Hasuki and Konami and for that matter like we can talk about Hasuki and Kagetsu they retired pretty much uh, slightly more than a year ago and oh boy like you saw them and it's like they never retired uh, they just looked fantastic so some wrestlers when they retire like one year in you're like, yeah, you 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 definitely retired, <laughs> but these two they just look fantastic. Um, just they I don't know they just look like physically and in stamina, and the whole look just looked fantastic. Like you know they they've kept up with with a healthy life, and when they did their their oedotai entrance. I like I think that was like the first time that I just had like tears of happiness just seeing Kagetsu and Hasuki come out of retirement for this like really special match 
and they had the whole gear they did the oilotai dance it was just like a beautiful thing to see um so like that was just fantastic and like i said like in, in the last match uh asuka defeated kagetsu another little great 11 like 10 minute match uh and that was the show really uh after the last match we had like a little post thing with asuka and kagetsu just talking like they had like a little words for the, the audience kyoko kimura came in and they did a uh, they did like some posting in the ring and after that we had a i guess like the proper ceremony um for Hanakimura. it was a really beautiful like live retrospective video of hana like a lot of personal stuff a lot of like uh videos and photographs when she was a kid uh with her parents and you know like some moments with her mom because she would see her mom in death matches um and then as she grew up like part of her life developing as a wrestler and developing you know as, as a person you know it's just like some really nice things um you really couldn't ask for a better video it was just beautiful after that video we had the town bell salute uh which was i mean those things are always they always hit you and at the end we had a compilation of videos sent from wrestlers of all over the world every type of promotion uh just some had some words for for hana uh most just said uh matane which uh matane uh, the best way to translate it it's kind of like see you later or uh, hasta luego it's not like a goodbye it's more like oh yeah like i'll see you later uh you know it's it's a temporal goodbye and and so that was like the whole the whole thing you know about this this show just saying we'll see you later hana um uh, and and that video that one was incredibly touching just just seeing you know all the people that sent videos and like what that's where you really start to notice just like how many people hannah like touched uh with her you know with her personality and with her love and like the video was incredibly long it had you know like old legends to like super young newcomers uh and this was just wrestlers like wrestling personalities like this is not even counting the fans and the people she she like uh attracted because of her, you know her music and television and whatever uh so it was just beautiful um uh, just a beautiful beautiful video like uh i don't know like that whole post match with the videos and and the temple salute was just like one of the most prettiest things you can see in wrestling when it comes to this type of thing um uh, like i said it's it's not easy watching these memorial shows we shouldn't have to watch memorial shows but uh this was just beautiful and that was the show it was like a quick show um it really didn't need to be anything more than this um i i 
the thought came to my head like after finishing it like is this going to be like a yearly thing because some memorial shows like just become you know yearly things and i don't know like part of me is like it shouldn't because this was the perfect thing like the perfect wrestlers found themselves in the ring and there's really like there's not much that you can add to this like even jungle kiona and Ko kyoko kimura had like sp spots in the in the main event you know uh because one was tokyo cyber squad and the other one was oedotai and so they they aided the team of kagetsu hasuki uh konami and def yama and i don't know it just it didn't really feel like anything was missing uh from this show it was just a beautiful beautiful show i if you ever saw hanakimura i would totally recommend you go and watch this show if you never saw hanakimura i would totally recommend you go and watch this show and then binge every hanakimura match that you can find on the internet because she was one of a kind she was she was the next big thing she was fantastic she was as i like I, like people have compared her to like she was going to be stardom and joshi wrestling's like answer to guys like tanahashi or the rock you know it was just that level of stardom no pun intended uh so yeah i would totally recommend this show and it's gonna be hard to follow <laughs> talking about this show but there were two shows that i i plan to watch and maybe just like quickly talk about them i wasn't expecting much but oh boy was i surprised by how amazing this was the first one is ddt ultimate tackling 2021 in kobe uh, this also took place on the 23rd uh the kobe art center and We've been talking about the Ultimate Tag League. Some matches are okay. Uh, we've been complaining about the Antonio Honda matches. We've been complaining that some of the the undercard has been really kind of like uneventful, mostly because we're stalling until we get to Cyber Fight Festival. But alas, this show came and slapped me in the face and told me never underestimate DDT because they they still got it <laughs> um this was this was a show that i started watching i was like oh that was good oh that was that was funny that was good and then once they hit to the fourth match they went on a four match streak where every match was so good um so from the top mao defeated hideki okatani eight minutes your usual basic opener nothing special but it was good wrestling uh the second match your usual comedy match don shokudino defeated keigo nakamura and toru Owashi. and surprisingly enough after the match toru Owashi said to the on the microphone like well um this is where usually ddt stops doing the comedy and then we get serious and oh boy did they get serious <laughs> 
we have Damnation, the team of Daisuke Sasaki, Somatakao, and Tetsuya Endo defeat uh, the team of Disaster Box, Harashima, and Kasuki Hirata teaming up with Juki Onaya. Uh, a good match, nothing special either. Uh, I mean, you could tell that they want to put Harashima over uh, as a strong wrestler, but not, but still give Endo the wins, which is probably positive. Like, you don't want Endo to go that far like below because once we're when we're past Cyber Fight Fest, you know it has to come down to either Takeshita or Endo going against Akiyama again. So you need to keep them strong. But uh Harashima is the, the challenger for Cyber Fight Fest. Uh so he still needs to look good. And then the show started for me. <laughs> The first match, well, not the first, like the fourth match was Akito and Yosuke Okada defeating the team of Toi Kojima and Juki Ueno. And this was fucking awesome. Obviously, they're building to Ueno versus Akito, but you still had Okada and Kojima just as the best. Uh, what can I call it? Like um, supporting actors <laughs> of the movie. They were so freaking good. Um, especially like Okada, man. Like he's like he's not a young boy. He's been wrestling now for a while. Like he debuted in 2017, so four years. He's so freaking good. He's 28 years old, and he like his selling is fantastic. His intensity is fantastic. Like when things happen in the ring, you can like feel that he is actually getting pissed off or that he's actually hurting like he's just good toy kojima even younger uh i think toy kojima is like 20 years old he's only been wrestling for less than a year he's already great uh he has developed a hell of a shop uh i don't know maybe it's like the the squiggly thin arms but he's developed a hell of a, of a knife edge shop um, and so that those two, like those two just couldn't have the match and it would have still been fantastic. But then you add Akito and Weno who are telling the story that Akito has the submission advantage over Weno and he actually worked over Weno's arm, which I guess may come into play with in their title match. I think the title match is on the 30th or the 29th, one of those two dates. Uh, so it is coming up and, and so it's just like the perfect combination and then you have like you can do Akito and Kojima and you could do Ueno and Okada and it's just great stuff this was a freaking great match like I went into the match like not expecting anything and I walked out with like oh my god that was such a good match um, I don't know it's just like super strong technical work and striking there's nothing like oh, like out of this world there's no uh like smoke and mirrors, just like straight up good fucking wrestling uh, between these four guys. From this point on, I totally recommend go watch the rest of the show because fucking A, bro. <laughs> that was just fantastic. Uh, and after the match, Okada, I think he's like, I think he, he said he was, uh, he went to high school and college on in Kobe. So he kind of like thanked the crowd. Next up, we had Naomi Yoshimura defeat Juki Ino. And this wasn't officially for Yoshimura's spot in the King of DDT tournament, but it kind of was. Uh, Ino had, 
attacked uh, Yoshimura saying that, hey, why do you have a spot in the tournament and I don't when you just came back from injury and you haven't done shit. Um, and so the match was kind of like, quote unquote, for Yoshimura's spot at the King of DDTT. And this match, again, holy effing fuck. <laughs> this was fantastic too. Uh, this was okay. So, like, with the exception of Juji Hino and maybe Owashi, like these two guys are the Haas guys of the promotion, and this was like just a fantastic Haas fight. Um, with really good pacing because they went quick, they went fast, uh, just great action. And it all revolved around a story because they actually had a story. A lot of Haas fights don't have stories. It's just like shoulder tackle, shoulder tackle, a bunch of slaps and and then like some big spots at the end. This had a story. Ino was working on Joshimura's lower back, trying to maybe not fully re-injure it, but just make enough, enough damage that even if Yoshimura could win, he wouldn't be able to participate at the King of DDT. Obviously, if Eno won, then he just like straight up takes the spot. But um, so Eno's working on the lower back. Yoshimura just makes a comeback, and then they kind of proceeded towards the last, the second part of the match, which was mostly back and forward action and just great stuff. And when this match was over, my feeling was I think this was the best Haas fight that I've seen at least this year, and. And that, I mean, that's saying something because I did just finish watching the Champion Carnival with guys like Suwama and Ishikawa and uh, my boy uh, Jake Lee. And you have like boring ass Sato, you know. So after having watched that whole tournament, I came into this one and I was like, I think this is the best Haas fight that I've seen all year. And again, these are two kids, man. Like, Joshimura and Ino are not, like, veterans. Joshimura is 26 years old. He's been wrestling for, like, four years. And Ino is also 26, and he's also been wrestling, like, for three years. And they just, like, really prove that you don't have to be, like, a super veteran or anything to just have, like, a good Haas fight. And so... Second match, go watch it. Totally recommend it. Third match that I also totally recommend, surprisingly enough, it's the San Nanakamina team of Takeshita and Katsumata defeating the team of Antonio Honda and Chris Brooks in the Ultimate Tag League match. Antonio Honda and Chris Brooks have been eliminated officially. Uh, this was their fourth match, and they only had two points. Uh, this was really a do or die for both teams uh, because Sanana Kamina only had one point, and I think this was their third match, and so they really had to win, uh, and they won. <laughs> but so here's the thing: I've been complaining a lot about Antonio Honda's wrestling in this tournament, mostly because uh, it's really repetitive to see him do. Like to see just to see him do matches in a round robin tournament, he he has like one shtick, which is the he trips, 
he teases uh, retirement or quitting and then he does the gone the fox story finger pokes and that's pretty much it um and so i have been complaining that that was cool for one match the second match kind of dragged the third match was like same shit different day but then this time these two teams actually had a really strong competitive match and antonio honda like he got the gun the fox thing out of the way early in the match and from there on it was just all action and granted it's still honda a lot of his moves around the ring or how he moves like just his character his persona maybe like be like i've i've only met honda in person once um and i i couldn't really tell you whether I, I mean I didn't fully study his his uh, character sheet but uh you know maybe it's just part of who he is and so a lot of his stuff his action looks really Honda-ish but if you see past that this was all action serious Honda trying to win um I like prior to this match my favorite honda match had always been kenny omega and and riho versus honda and miyu yamashita from a couple of years back and because i i, I can't really say that i know much honda prior to that or prior to like got the move but like i think this may now be my favorite antonio honda match just because he looked fantastic like in his most honda way he was fantastic uh chris brooks also like had his working boots on i mean he usually does but like and maybe it's just because he's wrestling takeshita and katsumata who are his real life friends he just may he just looked i guess like slightly more comfortable uh he's wrestled those guys way more often than i don't know akiyama and oishi for instance and so he looked really good takeshita is still a monster katsumata looked really good because katsumata even though he was the smallest guy in the match he has an advantage over honda and so he looked really strong against honda so that also helped and i don't know so like all of that's just like a great combination of things coming together for a really good match and what can i say like <laughs> if if you are the type of a fan that you have seen you actually seen antonio honda and you don't like his shtick go and watch this match and tell me what you think uh because i don't think this like i think this match could change your opinion on honda like he's still gonna go back to doing his chick tomorrow and we have to accept that but do you see this and you're like he could do it like this is a yano when yano decides to work you know <laughs> that type of stuff uh just phew, oh my god i was it was just fantastic uh i really enjoyed it so that's a third match in a row that I, I fully recommend you go watch. And finally, we get to the main event. And what can I say? Jun Akiyama, he's an old guy. He's a veteran in the business. There's, I mean, maybe aside from a couple of New Japan guys like Okada and, you know, maybe Ishii, maybe Jay White, maybe current day Naito. I don't think Akijama has many people that he wants to like really wrestle or that he's impressed with. I do believe that when Akijama 
decided to join DDT full time, he said, I really want to trade holds with Yukio Sakaguchi and I really want to go in there in the ring with Kazusara Higuchi and we can beat the shit out of each other. Like you can tell Juna Kijama wanted to, to like catch hands with these two guys um, because he just, I don't know, it just looks like he enjoyed it. Um, this was a fantastic match. It was the perfect combination of teams uh, because, I mean, look at this. Higuchi, Sakaguchi, Akiyama, and Oishi, okay? You can take Oishi and Sakaguchi and do grapple fuck, like just grapple fuck all over the place. Akiyama and Higuchi just beat the shit out of each other, you know, hoss it up. You can take Sakaguchi and Akiyama and you can do grapple fuck too. Just get in the mat and trade submissions, trade holds, and enjoy it. Uh, and then you can take Higuchi and Oishi and make Oishi look like the best babyface underdog in the world and make Higuchi look like the biggest monster in the world. So there is no combination between these two teams that doesn't yield a fantastic pair up. And that's what just happened. Uh, we just had like all of them coming together for a great match. This is uh, just a great, like I, I was just talking about this like a little bit ago with another match. This was just the perfect combination of guys uh, going at it. And it was great. Uh, the story was kind of like the Oishi was the babyface in peril. Uh, Junred Akiyama came in, uh, hot tag, everyone mixed it up. And then at the end it came down to Oishi and Sakaguchi. And in a way that doesn't really hurt either team, Oishi got the Fujiwama, Fujijama knee lock on Sakaguchi and submitted him. And that is a lock that pretty much submits anyone. So Sakaguchi doesn't look weak. Uh, and Eruption doesn't look weak. So holy fuck, that was just great. Like Higuchi just is just, oh my God. Like what can I say about Higuchi? He's one of my favorite wrestlers right now. He's just like a fucking towering monster. Uh, I love, for instance, when, when they do their entrance and they have, like, DDT has this slightly low ramp. Or not ramp, like, like stage kind of thingy, like do the door, I guess. Um, and always Sakaguchi comes out first and he, like, clears it pretty easily. But then Higuchi comes out and between the curtains and how low that thing is, he usually has to, like, lower his head a little bit and push the the curtain with his hand and he just looks like a fucking giant coming out of a of a cave oh my god i fucking love this team and man junretsu versus eruption was just fantastic what a way to end the show and what a show man like they really really like they really did it it was just crazy fantastic um so at the end at the end of the show like I came in expecting to just cover the ultimate tag league because of completionist uh, problems that I have. And by God, it ended up being a fantastic, fantastic show. Totally worth going out of your way to watch if you didn't watch much wrestling this weekend. And in the same way that I just experienced with DDT Ultimate Tag League in Kobe, another show that 
I wasn't expecting much. I just watched it out of habit, really. And I was just like, oh my god, this this was something special. And that was Got the Moves, Choco Pro number 120, a one-match show, 37.44 seconds, 37 minutes. Uh, this took place on the 25th, so just today in the morning. Uh, and this was a show that I, I mean, I wasn't, I haven't covered Choco Pro in a while. This was a show that I was like, I need to talk about the show. <laughs> I can't wait to record tonight's, uh, I mean, today's uh, episode because I can't even talk. It was just a fantastic, fantastic show. Um, so a little backstory. Chris Brooks used to be part of the pencil army with Lulu pencil. They were, they started chasing the tag team titles. They failed to capture such titles. And so, um, Chris Brooks, you know, he turned on, on Lulu pencil and he's like, Lulu pencil, you are a loser. Like the, the shit you do, like, it doesn't belong in wrestling. You are a joke. You should leave wrestling. You don't belong. Blah, blah, blah. And so right now we have this feud between Chris Brooks and Lulu Pencil. And, and so it came down to this match. As of now, Lulu Pencil has other members in her pencil army. Uh, Emi Sakura, Emi Pencil, and Minoru Fujita, Minupen. And so we had a six-person match, Asuka, uh, that we just talked about in the Hanakimura show, uh, known as Benny in the United States, Chris Brooks and Yuna Misumori, Yunamon, defeated the team of Emi Sakura, Lulu Pencil, and Minoru Fujita. And this was a freaking brawl. <laughs> It really was a brawl. It and this was not just a brawl, but it was like the perfect clash of mentalities of the pencil army is like you know Lulu Pencil, I don't if you've seen her, she is imagine if a wrestler did the like the weak looking orange Cassidy spots but as the whole arsenal. You know, there's there's no uh, there's no like he was faking it or he was pretending or he didn't care. This is Lulu Pencil's whole arsenal and she is trying. And and that's how Emi Sakura in this particular gimmick also kind of is. She tries. She always get her, gets her ass kicked. And Fujita, Fujita is Minoru Fujita. He just supports Lulu Pencil. But Minoru Fujita will... He'll put weight on a forearm. <laughs> we all know that. And then the other team, you have uh, Misumori, Brooks, and Asuka, who don't give a fuck about Lulu Pencil's like, like wrestling. You know, the, her her wrestling. And so this was a match where it was pretty much the team of Asuka, Brooks, and Misumori beating the shit out of Sakura Pencil and Fujita and, and then the other team having hope spots 
surviving, having comebacks. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, there are moves that they have to sell, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but yeah, and, and so this whole thing is really just building up to like there's a lot of action there's some like really really stiff looking spots like that's one thing about lulu pencil her style of wrestling is so soft that when they actually do like something that looks kind of normal for any other wrestling match they look super stiff in 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 a, in a lulu pencil match but uh, yeah, like there was like some spots where Fujita did a pretty much a senton onto a bunch of uh, like stools. Um, Brooks did a, a table spot where the table didn't break and he just ended up falling to the side. Uh, the ones where like you're pretty much just crushed between the person doing the splash and the table. Like stuff like that. Uh, but like I was saying, like the match built up to the last it was probably like five minutes maybe ten no probably five where everyone except brooks and lulu pencil either get taken out or they're like actually pushed uh thrown outside of the building and they get locked out and it just comes down to brooks and lulu pencil and brooks is like just relentlessly ambitious he's trying to submit pencil pencil doesn't give up she keeps fighting nothing's going to like make her submit like brooks gets to a point where he like removes the padding and he's trying to power drive lulu pencil into like the the open the open floor they're slamming each other on tables uh brooks is just like i don't know like just vicious and and pencil manages to like turn things around and drop uh brooks with a ddt on the floor and that's how her she just she's she's got it she's she thinks she's got it but no brooks kicks out and then like lulu pencil gets three magistrales like back to back but brooks keeps uh keeps uh kicking out brooks is having trouble it's not like a walk in the park but he keeps uh kicking out and lulu pencil keeps kicking out too because brooks is also trying to do stuff um like at one point there's like a really long sequence of brooks doing just like going all sack saver on lulu pencil just he starts with the octopus stretch the calamari stretch and just starts like turning into everything ending like with a, a stretch muffler and, and like she like at the end lulu pencil is just like all contorted there's no escaping like one leg is touching one wall the other leg is touching the other wall the, her head is like bent backwards doing exorcist and she taps out and it was just like both the saddest and proudest things that I've seen in, in Choco Pro in a while like honestly I, I don't think I've felt this good for a match since the Emi Sakura and Yunamon feud from last year like it was that level of intensity of of just like because with Lulu Pencil, she's not gonna win, but she's gonna she, like she's gonna get the respect, and and in this case, like uh, Brooks just beat the shit out of her. And the end of the match, Brooks cuts a promo that's like it's pretty much the same thing. Like Lulu Pencil, like you're never gonna beat me. Don't take this as motivation to get fired up and think that you can come back and win because I'm just going to kick your ass. It, like it's similar to that CM Punk promo from The Rock with The Rock where it's like 
I don't care who you are. Like, you come here, I'm going to kick your ass because, like, my arms are bigger than boxing or whatever. Uh, uh, and so it was just, like, a great promo. He tells Sakura, like, what the fuck is this? Like, you go and, and lose at AW and this is what you come back for? Like, instead of getting better, like, are you just, like, depressed or something because you lost at AW and now you're just, like, little pencil, like, uh, minion? And you, Fujita, what the fuck? You're a fucking deathmatch guy and you're doing this shit. And so he just, like, runs them down. At the end, like, uh, Asuka, Brooks, and Mizumori just walk out. Fujita's depressed. He kind of, like, walks away, too. He, he, like, Fujita's, like, he tells Lulu Pencils, like, I know you're going to beat him one day. And you need to keep on fighting uh, because, like, we believe in you. And then Pencil... It's just like also like kind of like having just she she has like a thousand yards there she probably has a lot of things in her in her mind and she like emi sakura is getting ready to do a young uh the junkin tournament and everyone has walked away and then lulu pencil gets up and she's like just because i don't think that i am wrong doesn't mean that chris brooks is not wrong either and so she walks away too. And at the end of the show, it's just uh, Balianaki that was on the camera. Uh, just he has he has the camera like straight on Emi Sakura, and Emi Sakura's like, "We can't even do a Junkin tournament today because there's no one in 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 the Chocolate Square anymore. Like everyone just left for one reason or another." And she's all sad and depressed too. But she says like, "I'm taking this chocolate." And no one's going to eat it. No one's going to get it until Lulu Pencil defeats Chris Brooks. And that's how the show ends. And oh my God, it was like some of the best like dramatic and storytelling thing that I just seen. Like, oh my God, that was just so fantastic. An amazing, amazing angle. And you know that like that chocolate is going to mean so much. In a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, but one day Lulu Pencil is going to defeat Chris Brooks and it's going to be amazing and it's going to taste like stale chocolate. Oh my God. Uh, this was the match to watch from Choco Pro. Oh my God. Like you, you, you need to go watch this show, dude. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's less, it's an hour. It says in an hour. It's 40 minutes. Go watch it. And the only backstory that you need is just know that Chris Brooks turned on Lulu Pencil because he thinks that Lulu Pencil is a loser. And he got tired of losing because of Lulu Pencil. That's all the backstory that you need. And you can watch this match. And holy snaps. This was fantastic. And man, like, what a, what a fucking weekend of wrestling. I wasn't really expecting much. And out of nowhere, it's just like, great stuff all over the place Whew. and we didn't even get to talk about like evil Kiyomiya going all bloody against Nosawa oh my god that'll be another day this was just crazy awesome um, that is going to do it for for reviews this week uh, in Japan mostly um, but yeah we, we still do have to talk about yes you know you know it you cannot escape it. Don't even try to escape it. It is the impact forecast. 
Impact Wrestling for Thursday, May 27, the last Impact of the month. Um, we don't actually have much when it comes to matches, but uh, we do have a packed show, I think. Uh, the previous show ended up being quite newsworthy as we saw Finn Juice not only uh, retain the championships against Ace Austin and Man Man Fulton, who won their, their shot at Under Siege, but then Violent by Design, the team of, in this case, Joe Doring and Rhino came out and they cashed in Rhino's, I think it's called the, the gauntlet for the gold shot. And so they, they pretty much caught Vengeance by surprise. They won the titles. And so we are going to be having an address by Violent by Design. Uh, I'm just incredibly happy that Joe Doring has Impact Gold. We have Sammy Callahan kicking off Impact. And the feud between Callahan and I guess Omega and the Good Brothers is on. Last week, he saved Moose from a beatdown. And so we may be getting, I'm guessing Sammy Callahan and, and Moose tag teaming against uh, the Good Brothers, probably. If, if not this week, maybe the next week. Um, I, I, it will have to happen before against a lot. And so we have that coming up uh, as the start of Impact. And Impact usually starts with a match. So I think at this time it did make sense to actually promote Callahan opening the show as something happening because that rarely happens. We have Petey Williams and Josh Alexander taking on TJP and Fala Ba. I, I don't think there's much kind of happen coming from here, but we may see TJP get a win on Josh Alexander to set up a one-on-one. -on -one. There are hints and rumors of a one-hour X Division match that happened at the tapings. I don't know for what. I don't know if it's like an against all odds match or what. But there's a rumor, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's TJP and Josh Alexander. So we have that tag kick match gonna happen uh, happening, and then we have a ten knockout tag team match. Uh, this one, I, I pretty much called it last week. It's Rosemary, Tennille Dashwood, Habuk, Rachel Ellering, and Taylor Wilde taking on the team of Dion Parasso, Kimberly, Susan, and Fire and Flava, Kira Hogan, and Tasha Steeles. Um, last week, there was just a big angle where a lot of women beat up uh, Tennille Dashwood, and then... A lot of women came out to support Tennille Dashwood, surprisingly. And so that is, we have a five on five on this week for the knockouts. Again, like there's nothing really set up for Diana Parasa, I think, just yet. We know that still Taylor Wilde trying to chasing her, but we don't really know what's the direction for, for Diana Parasa going into against Olots and and Slammiversary, we know that she's going to be defending the title at Triple Mania um, in August. So there's, I don't think and she's going to lose a title until then. And so, I mean, we may get, we may get, I guess, Parasa versus Rosemary at, um, against all odds maybe and then Parasso, Ellering or, or Wild at uh, Slammiversary 
we'll see but that is what's happening right now at impact uh that is what's announced so far uh there's obviously a lot of other things going around with omega with rich swan and morrissey um you know there's yeah <laughs> there's a lot of things happening on impact and so that is going to be it for this week's uh edition of wrpx uh, remember to go to Spotify and iTunes where you can find the podcast, leave a, a like, a subscription, a review, whatever is available. Everything helps the algorithm. You can also go to WRPXpodcast.com. If you want to find um, the website of the podcast, you can go to TheWrestlingRevolution.com where you can find all the written versions of the shows that we talk about on this show. You can go to Twitter and find me at Revolution. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram as um, WRPS Podcast. Um, so that's where I mostly just uh, announced where when the, the podcast uh, finally drops on Spotify. And I think that's it. Uh, as always, every Thursday night, I do live coverage for Figure 4W Online uh, for Impact Wrestling. We are doing the Twitch streams on Friday nights, watching 80s uh, Joshi wrestling so if you are into that uh i totally invite you we have really nice conversations about wrestling from either back in the day or the current things that are happening right now with wwe aw all the stuff we that we rarely talk about here but we can always talk about on twitch so i think that's it for plugs i don't think i have any more uh if i have one i'll probably just post it on twitter but that is it thank you for listening share the podcast and Adios, amigos. Well, that's about it. Son of a gun, we've enjoyed it. Looking forward to next week. I guess we'll have to wait a week before we get to it, but we'll be right back again. For Corey Macklin, Dave Brown, Lance Russell saying bye-bye, everybody.